You're listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Walkaroosa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the next episode, episode seven in the season three uh, time that we've been podcasting about the Rooted series. Uh, we are excited to have you join us as we bring this series to a conclusion today, sitting around the table as normal, Angie Brenneman, our family ministry pastor here, Brant Nine, our executive leader, and I'm Chris Knight, and we're glad that you joined us today. Today, guys, we want to talk about the topic of Jesus's return. That brings a lot of question into people's minds, and we're going to get into that in just a little bit. I want to lead today with a a, a Pew Research study that was done in April of 2022, and this is what the question that the Pew Research Group asked. They said, do you believe that Jesus will return to earth someday? To me, I I found this statistic staggering. Uh, Of the U.S. adults, 55% said yes, they do believe that Jesus will return to earth one day, while 25% said no, and another 16% said I do not believe in Jesus, period. But what's interesting to me is they began to break down the demographics of that percentile. So 55% who said yes, 25% who said no, and those who said I do not believe in Jesus. As they broke it down, they said that 75% of the people who said, yes, Jesus is going to return were Christians. And 20% of Christians said they did not believe that Jesus was going to return. And uh, I thought that was really interesting. Protestants, 82% said Jesus is going to return. 14% said, no, he will not. But as I looked down this list, I thought this was kind of fascinating. Uh, of the atheists polled, what do you think the atheists might say about Jesus' return? Oh, <laughs> Clearly, they're going to say, what do you mean? Uh, who's Jesus? Of course he's not. Uh, 1% actually said, yeah, I think he is going to return. Uh, 15% said no, and 84% said no. We don't even believe in Jesus. I think the most humorous statistic on here is that 2% of Christians said, I don't believe in Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What does that mean? (laughs) What? (laughs) You're a Christian. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I think it was interesting. They went and broke it down by, uh, like, uh, different uh, political parties. Again, this is a topic I don't want to take too far down the road because people are going to make a bigger deal about it than than probably required. But but I'm going there, all right? Republicans, 69% said Jesus will return to earth someday, while 19% said no. Of the Democrats, 45% said yes, he will return, and 30% said no. Another percentage said, I do not believe in Jesus. If you break it down by race, 53% of white people said, we believe Jesus is going to return, and 26% said no, 17% said, I do not believe in Jesus. Of our African-American friends, 77% said yes, he is going to return, while 15% said no, and 6% said, I do not believe in Jesus. Hey, let's let's open this conversation up a little bit. What do you think about when you think about Jesus' return? Are you excited about it? Do you believe it will happen? Yeah. Yeah. I was having a conversation with some friends just the other day, and it kind of brought back just some thoughts that I've had throughout my walk with the Lord, and that is, man, I I have so much I want to accomplish before the Lord returns. And I know that sounds awful, but I think so many of us find us uh, find ourselves thinking that at some point or another in our walk, right? Like, I want to do this before Jesus comes back. I want to do this before Jesus comes back because 
this this world is so good and it has so much to offer me and I don't want to miss out, right? But we're we kind of lose track of of the bigger picture and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think not only um, it is something that we, whether we believe that Jesus is coming back as, as Christians, we do know that. But I think no matter who you talk to, there's an emotion that comes and is struck when you think about the end of the world, mm-hmm. you know, that Jesus is coming back. And so it gets kind of emotional for a lot of people. And they, they may not believe in Jesus. Even if you ask, do you believe in the end of the world? They may say, oh, that's scary. I don't, I mean, that's like one of the biggest Hollywood movie makers is the oh, end of know. the world world movies. And so I think the main question is no matter who you are, whether you're a Christian or you're here that you say, I don't believe he's coming back, or I don't even believe in Jesus. I think you would, if you would even reframe that and say, do you believe that there's going to be an end of the world or an end of time? And most people would say, probably say, yeah, we agree on that because we understand as Christians, we know Jesus is coming back just as sure as the sun is going to rise. But I would think so, but according to Pew Research, uh, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> apparently those who identify as Christian. I wonder uh, I wonder what the statistics would be on here if it just asked the question, do you believe that the world will come to an end one day? Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think of I think of my students that I used to have in my classroom, like they were totally convinced because of the media in their life, it's a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Or it's sure. an alien invasion, right? So I think media plays a huge role in people's perception of what the end times are actually going to look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brant, you said something earlier uh, as you were uh, going on here about your view of this growing up. Uh, I can remember as a teenager, I thought, oh no, like I got so many things I want to do. I want to get married. I want to graduate high school. I want to go on to college. I want to graduate college. And then you get married in my 20s. I'm like, I want to have kids. Yeah. You know, Jesus, please don't come back. Hold you off. know, hold on. And then you're in your 30s. So like I, I have this career. I want to see my kids grow up. I, I, listen, mm-hmm. y'all, I'm an empty nester now. Yep. And I'm like, hey, even Bring so, come quickly, yeah. Lord Jesus, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I want to be grandpa someday. That would be pretty cool too. Yeah. So, uh, but but all these phases, it seems like the older you get, the closer you get, you're like, come on, let's go. Right. And I think the question then becomes of like, what does it look like when Jesus does return? And mm-hmm. do we still have purpose here? Uh, or purpose in heaven. Uh, what does what does all this look like? Or are we just yeah? Does all of it go to the wayside? I think it's interesting when people start to to talk about heaven and they get this vision in their mind that we're going to play harps, we're going to sit on clouds, and we're just going to have one big worship service all the time. And people are like, I don't even like harps. Yeah. Like this is that's not heaven sorry, in my sorry mind. Sorry if you play the harp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Disclaimer. I want to I want to say too. I'm not going to um, try to bring it down a notch to reality, but I think it depends on your perspective because of the life circumstances that you faced. And so when you have yeah. to face death and look at it in a real way, it changes how you view eternity. And it, it, it can scare the living daylights out of you, or it can really bring hope. Yeah. And and I think that's the part that we want to answer this question. Is Jesus coming back? Yeah, he is. Let's be ready. Because when you face um, a death of a loved one, it it's a struggle. It's a struggle. And like when we lost uh, my father-in-law and the kids were 8, 10, you know, 12 years old, then it's very difficult for them to wrap their minds around death and loss and heaven. And so we had lots of conversations. And I can, just like you were when you were a kid, Brian, I can hear Cole saying, well, I don't want to um, go to heaven yet. I want to farm. I want to drive tractors. I want to do all this. And then, you know, as my husband, Dan would sit and sit there, he, he goes, if you love tractors and farming that much, don't you think Jesus loves it too? Yeah. And I think that's where we, we kind of limit 
um, this perspective of heaven and our human idea and all that. And um, so that's just a, it's a viewpoint of mine. Yeah. So let's work off of this understanding for the rest of this podcast. I believe, Chris Knight believes, that Scripture indicates that Jesus is going to return. I believe that. I believe that's what the Scriptures tell us. And so we're going to work off of that understanding. And so then the question becomes, all right, so what should we be doing in the meantime? What must we, what need we be doing, what should we be doing in the meantime while we wait for Jesus' return? Because I think that's a, a big issue in the in, in the church today, in the Christian, let me say church, in, in followers of Jesus. What am I supposed to be doing? Should I just be sitting on the sidelines waiting? I mean, I've committed my life to following after him, so therefore I'm good. Let's just wait, right? Yeah. I mean, how do you guys feel about that? I, I think it goes beyond what should I or what do I have to do while I, while, in the meantime while we wait. And, and the bigger question is, why should I? do these things, right? Like what's the motivation behind me doing these things? Am I only doing it because it's become this legalistic thing? Like I have to check these boxes so that way when Christ returns, I can go to heaven, which a lot of us live in that reality, right? Mm -hmm. Or am I, am I living in an in anticipation? And I think I shared this a few episodes ago where <clears throat> I'm just being completely honest. I feel like I've, I've spiritually just arrived at this, at this spot in the last year or so of, I am fully living in anticipation. Like if he comes today, I'm so excited for him to come back. Um, and, and it's just this new light. And, you know, even following like the Asbury revival and those things, seeing these people who it, it appears as though in those moments, we have these spiritual moments of come quickly. Like we, we're so ready for you to come and save us from, from this world. But then the moment we leave those spiritual moments or the time we leave those spiritual moments, we're kind of back into thinking like, oh, I don't want to let go of this world. And so I guess, yeah, we should be doing this, but, but the why behind uh, that should is, is kind of the, I guess what opens our eyes to the bigger picture of, you know, that anticipation versus these are the things that I have to do. Um, I'm going to take it a little different um, route. I'm going to say we plan, we plan. I know I got to pay my taxes on April 15th, right? Mm -hmm. And they're due. And so if I don't plan and I don't know, mm. um, you know, what I'm going to do on that April 15th when that paycheck is uh, supposed to be sent to the IRS and I'm not prepared, I'm not ready. Mm -hmm. It's in that's in real term. Like and so that's what I think as um, believers, we we do so much in our everyday um life to plan and make um ready for the future like when you're ready for a baby and nine you got nine months to plan you better be ready yeah. when that baby comes with the crib and bottles and <laughs> yeah. diapers i mean diapers. It, <laughs> it's gonna be a reality and so i just think this is the same thing we have to understand that scriptures have taught us jesus is coming back so we have to prepare we have right. to plan towards that moment so that we are ready just like we're ready on april 15th just like we're ready when the baby's born we are ready for christ return and it may be at any time in any hour and just so you know that scripture i i read it on sunday the thief in the night it just yeah. struck me you know let's, and you're like kind of it just strikes fear in my bones let's, let's jump into that because as second <laughs> peter begins to wind down and uh peter's this is his last letter he's going to be executed soon uh this is his final challenge his call to believers to live in certain ways uh as i look at this when it gets into verse 11 in, in second peter chapter 3 it says this since everything around us is going 
going to be destroyed like this, what holy and godly lives should you live? And so in essence, he's saying, how should you live? Because of this happening, you should live in certain ways, holy and godly. Why? Because we can know that he's coming back. Right, right. right. Yep, we know that he's coming. And then it says there that, but the day of the Lord will come, what, unexpectedly, as a thief. And so we know that he's coming and staying there. So here's the interesting thing. You know, when I was thinking about this this week, he's coming like a thief. Now, whether that is when he returns ultimately the day of the Lord and he returns uh, physically, I believe, to the earth in judgment for our deeds one way or the other, um, that's one thing. But whether he does that or not, he is going to return for us individually. We are all going to die. That's This is the plan. Angie, I can remember uh, it was just last year, and we were sitting in your house as a staff, mm. and we were talking about planning for events to come in the next calendar year. We just thought, let's get out of this area, and you invited us all over to your house. So we're sitting in your living room, and, uh, and a car hit a, hit a dump truck head-on. Mm-hmm. I can remember that moment, the bang and the loud noise, and we all ran out of the house mm-hmm. trying to help. We were the first ones on the scene. I can remember Joel DeMott hopped in the front seat with this gentleman, and he's trying to check his pulse. I jumped into the back seat, and I'm holding this gentleman's head, and, I'm, and I have my, my fingers on his neck trying to make sure there's a pulse. I'm praying. If this, I was just, hey, I don't know if you can hear me. I trust that you can hear me. If you don't know Jesus, this is the time. Like, if you can hear my voice, you know, and, and just trying to do this. And I can remember feeling his pulse go away. Mm-hmm. And he died. And I thought about, he didn't wake up that morning anticipating, this is my day. Right. But that's the thief in the night. We have to be ready because we can't anticipate the day it's going to happen. Right. Got to be ready. You know, my, my dad passed away four years ago on February 20th, and I remember getting the call from the hospice nurse that was uh, sitting with him. I was coaching basketball at the middle school here in Wakarusa, and I drove as fast as I could to meet him at his house, but he had been unresponsive for two, two days. Um, and my dad, to my knowledge, did not know Jesus as his personal Savior. He did believe in a higher power, um, but through conversations, he never, was, uh, he never accepted um, Jesus. So our prayer became during those two days of his unresponsiveness is that he'd have a thief on the cross moment. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, with my dad being unresponsive, but still alive, I, I remember the last minutes of his death. I laid in bed with him and just prayed over him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he still had a pulse at this, at this time, even though he did not look like he did um, and just prayed and, and, and just told him like, you, you have a chance to, if you can hear me, um, accept the Lord into your life and, and, and he will accept you into paradise. And, um, and so, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I thank you for sharing that Brant, because I truly believe that those moments when you stare death in the face mm-hmm. is when you realize Jesus is coming back and this is real. And there's we, a reality. Yeah. And that we are mortal. We try in our minds to think that, oh, we're going to live forever. Like, I can't sometimes wrap my mind around, you know, that my kids are going to be this age and I'm this old already, you know, and how old is my parents? Wait a second here, you know, and but yet when you begin to see um, how our days are numbered mm-hmm. and how important each day is, that perspective changes how you live the moments. Yeah, I, I honestly like thinking about that exactly. 
it, it comes to my mind how quickly life goes when I see a child die. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Cassidy Hockert's death a few years ago, four years ago this February, um, made me think about, man, like life is just too short. Yeah. And I need to do everything I can to live live the right way like Peter's telling us to do do these things um because of those for some reason I I get the feeling culture tells us we're guaranteed 90 years yeah right Mm -hmm. and I'll make those decisions later in life Mm -hmm. but like you said with Cassidy and others you know this is something that we just come to realize we don't know the day and so therefore we should live a certain way we should make this a priority to live in a right relationship with jesus christ but he goes on and he says uh we can be filled with hope and anticipation Uh, i like it because in three different ways he says i'm looking forward to this look forward to this look forward to this and while you are waiting uh for these things to happen it's in it's a it's pointing towards a hope or an anticipation i'm looking forward to this day i'm looking that this day will come down the road Right. And that's the whole idea that we have to plan. Our our journey of discipleship is actually, yeah, it happens to us. Discipleship happens to us in real time. We learn as we grow through circumstances, through relationships and all that. But we also um, need to plan out that we're going to, we're working towards, we're seeing the end result come about when we um, come and see Christ face to face. So I really like what uh, Peter follows up with. It's his favorite word. It is. Yeah. Go it's ahead. Like it's make every effort. Yeah. And that's how many times have you used, did you uh, ever it, go through and count how many times he I used didn't, that but phrase? But it's a very common phrase, and especially in the New Testament. Make every effort. I like it. Make, puts action, every, all complete effort. Mm-hmm. Get out there and get it going. Make every effort mm-hmm. to live righteous lives. He goes on and he also says, remember his patience uh, in verse 15. And remember our Lord's patience gives people time to be saved. The way I take that is, hey, don't abuse God's patience. Uh, let's be active. Let's move towards action. Let's be involved. Let's not sit on the sidelines. Let's take advantage of this overtime opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's you get more time to play. Let's take advantage of that. I think patience um, is something that we don't, truly understand the kind of patience God has, because we think that, oh, he's waiting and waiting. Well, we, um, Peter's writing, and I think you even pointed this out Sunday, he's writing in a time where they were thinking he was coming back because it was such a, a terrible, overwhelming time for these believers. And they're like, oh, it's, you know, the end and it's going to come near. And wait, that was how many years ago? Yeah. Uh, like 2000. <laughs> and so I think that we underestimate, we, we just try to box God up and try to put timelines and, and all that on him. And mm-hmm. he, he, his, um, his love for us is so overwhelming that uh, he wants everyone to know him, everyone. And when you sit in that, you can see that his goal is for us all to come to him. You know, you you hear a lot of times people go, well, if God is a a loving God, Mm -hmm. then why? Mm -hmm. And why, and then wherever it goes from there, why did this happen? Why does that happen? Boy, I like to think that God is proving his love in that he is delaying his return so that more people can come to the saving knowledge of who he is. You know, as I as I look through your notes here, Chris, Peter's a really good coach. You know, he talks about effort, mm-hmm. he talks about, you know, offense. Here's some time for you to be active, right? And then the next part here, he talks about being on guard, mm-hmm. right? Playing some mm-hmm. defense. And I'm thinking about, you know, going back to when I coached basketball, one of the things that I constantly say when we play really good teams is watch the back door. They would overload one side 
and then their point guard would dribble hard and they would try to go back door with a wing player right on the back side and when peter says we need to always be alert that comes to my mind he's saying watch for the back door right right so yeah he paints a really good picture from kind of like a coaching standpoint Mm -hmm. it's a good illustration yeah and being on guard is uh, something that not only do we need to be have awareness of what circumstance we're in or, or what's happening on around us. But he says that you will not be carried away by the errors of the others around you. Mm-hmm. And I think this is some, yeah. this is a concept that we don't really talk about, but someone else's sin often leads us into sin. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. that's a big thought. And, and that's the kind of on guard be aware. Jesus doesn't tempt us. And it says that, you know, God doesn't tempt us, Right. but in the Lord's prayer, I walk this through with the gals downstairs on a Thursday morning that Jesus teaches us to pray that we will not be led into temptation because this is real. Sin is real. Mm -hmm. It's real in the lives of people around us and it's real in us. And so we have to be aware not only of our own sin nature, but that someone else's sin will not lead us into sin with, with, nine and 10 year old fourth grade students, we'd mm-hmm. always talk about murky water and clear water, right? And and I would talk to these kids about, listen, if you want to get the best out of Joey over here, if you want to really impact him and, and, and be a good friend for him, then you cannot hang out with Joey and all his murky water friends. You have to take your clear water friends and invest in Joey. Mm. Pour the clear water into the murky water. What happens to the murky water? It becomes more clear. But if you pour murky water into the clear water, more murky water into the clear water, what happens to the clear water? It becomes murky. It's an elementary concept, but we it still applies to us as adults. Mm-hmm. I like how Peter ends. It's the very last verse of this book, right? And he simply says this in verse 18. Rather, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All glory to him, both now and forever. Amen. To me, the word that sticks out is the word grow. Notice he doesn't say, and you must rely on the grace and knowledge you know. It doesn't say, you must, uh, you're good as long as you know Jesus. Uh, He says, you must continue to grow. Grow. I think that's something that the American culture, American church, um, followers of Jesus, haven't taken nearly as um, seriously, perhaps in the last few generations, as as I think he's alluding to here. That's Chris Knight making a very big sweeping generalization. I want you to hear that. <laughs> I, I understand that. So somebody goes, well, hang on a second. I say, yeah, I understand. You can argue that. However, how intentional are we about our growth? Mm-hmm. That's critical. Well, I think that we have to understand Jesus taught, Paul taught, Peter taught, teaches a lot of where agriculture comes into this concept of growing and that we are to plant the seed, we're to water it, we're, um, the sun helps it grow. But there's a concept that um, Jesus even teaches about growth, and that's pruning. And so sometimes growth isn't necessarily something new. It's actually taking away and um, getting rid of something. And it's the whole idea that Paul teaches on um, taking off and putting on, mm-hmm. you know, taking off the, the parts that are um, not honoring to God, the sin in our lives, and putting on the righteousness of God. And we do that. We, do, we need to do that to grow. And so I, I just want to say it's not always just, oh, growing, I got to get a new concept or I got to right. do something new. Sometimes it's actually stepping back and taking away. 
sticking with the agriculture theme, you had mentioned before we started the podcast about grocery stores, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll let you give that fact here in just a second, but we get fed so easily today and we don't have to go about growing our own food if you want to you know mm -hmm. say that um and so we don't have to necessarily do all the work because we get fed so much and and you made the the remark Con about yeah. yeah go ahead so um many of us do not realize but that grocery stores didn't come about until about 1946 and so where do you get your food chris the grocery store yeah right i do not grow one single thing Right. And so I think a lot of us don't realize we're so disconnected to the agricultural process and mm -hmm. that being a producer, it actually has many different looks. It's not just the positive growth of seeing a seed come out yeah. of the ground, but there's many different steps to get that seed to grow. I, th I think if Jesus were walking alive today, uh, I shouldn't say he's not, he's still alive. <laughs> but I think if he was walking amongst us today, mm -hmm. he would use that as an illustration in a parable. The grocery store versus the farmer who still who still mm -hmm. sows the seed. Yeah, and, and milks the cow and right. yeah, yeah, yep, grows and gets the chicken and the eggs. Sorry, <laughs> I left your farm out of it. Yeah. <laughs> I've just given you a hard time. Maplecrest Farms. <laughs> here's a plug. Farm to table. So here's here's the uh, here's the here's the wrap up. All right, so we spent seven Sundays talking about that, which translated into seven episodes of At Home with Walkie MC. Mm -hmm. Which, what are you guys taking away from what Peter's telling us? What's your, what's your takeaway from the series? Mm -hmm. One, for me, live on mission. Understand that the mission may even take some adjustment from me, that I have to continue to work to, to be on mission. It's not something that I just get this big call from God and it's all done and said, but that I have to make every effort to keep my, my, my life on mission. That's good. I think the biggest takeaway um, is that these are his dying words, and you kind of said it in week one. Um, and thinking about that as I read through, he he knows he's going to be executed for believing what he believes and following Jesus, and he's still making every effort and to to spread the gospel, to spread the good news. And so when I read it, when I read these words, I I take them very seriously because of what they lead to for Peter. How could somebody be leading me astray if it's leading to his execution, right? Like, these have to be true words. They have to be. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful for, for Peter and how God used flawed individuals to tell us the story that, you know what, make every effort. I made some mistakes, but you mm -hmm. know what, make the effort. God's going to, God's here. He's coming back. Be aware. You know, he's like you said, he's a coach. He's just sitting there on the, you know, end of his life, just saying, you can do this. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a third generation pastor. My grandpa Bridges uh, was a pastor. And my dad was a pastor, actually pastored here. And I can remember growing up in the day and, and sometimes the hymns that we would sing. I'm, I'm kind of one of those guys that's caught between two generations. Um, that's a whole nother podcast for another day, uh, between music styles and so on. But I can remember uh, the, the hymn, the line to the hymn, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. And that, that just, when I look at what Peter's trying to tell us, I think he's trying to say, y'all, I, th I think he said it just like that. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> all y'all, yeah. hear, hear this, it will be worth it. But in the meantime, do these things, 
put in the hard work. Uh, brain, it's like going back to your coaching illustration. If you practice like you want to play, yeah. if if don't don't just live for the trophy at the end of the day. Put mm-hmm. in the work and practice. Learn in game time situations. Learn from the good things that happen, but don't rest on the good things. Learn uh, also from the down things that, yeah. that that have taken place. We used to say. Uh, practice at 90 degrees, your defensive stance, right? Practice at 90 degrees so that way when you're in the game, you pl- you might play at 100 degrees. But if you practice at 100 degrees, you're going to play straight up and you're not going to be you're not going to move well. It, it's kind of the same concept. Like I was having them practice in a perfect stance even though it wasn't realistic to the game, but when the game started, they were close to that level. It was their default. It was their default. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I want to. I want to throw one more thing that we learned, and that is way at the beginning. We learned that He has given us all things to succeed mm. in our faith in our walk, because we all know that you listener, you may be going through something really hard, um, difficult time. It may ha- um, be connected to relationships or circumstances, but um, you're like come on, I know that he's coming back. I know I'm going to try, but how do I do this? And this is the part that has really spoken to me over even in my, um, in my journey is that there's a part of God that we, we try to grasp everything that he gives us, but there's this whole mystery that, that we can't um, put our finger on. And that's the stuff that covers all things that he has given us so much. And I think we think, well, I need this, I need this, I need this. But then he, he gives even more in abundance of that. And when we're in the most deepest, darkest um, time in our lives, he gives us peace that is beyond our understanding. When we're hurting and we need comfort, he is the comforter. I mean, that's what I'm saying. He gives us all these things to work with, as Peter says, um, towards this effort that we see Jesus in the end in heaven. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. To the listener uh, today, I want to challenge you with a couple things. One is you may not know Jesus. You may not have committed your life to him. Listen, uh, he says, all you need to do is this, confess your sins. He is faithful. He is just, and he will forgive us our sins. That's it. Confess our sins. Acknowledge our need for a savior. Acknowledge that he did come die on the cross for my sin, rose from the dead and uh, is at the right hand of the Father. Confess your sins. Commit your life to following after Jesus. To those of you who are listening today and you say, I already committed my life to Jesus, but I'm stuck in this sin that so easily entangles. I say this, put in the work, get out of that sin, confess it, deal with it, move on. To the person who's listening today, the follower of Jesus who says, I'm coasting to the finish line, I say, find your mission. Your mission is not done. Uh, Do not abuse the fact that God is patient in his delay. Be active until your final days. I think there's a lot to take away from Second Peter. Those are some of them. Uh, but we are going to wrap up this series and uh, head on to some new podcasts in the future. But we're glad that you joined us for this. Thank you for your continued support. Uh, if you take the opportunity to share this uh, with others who maybe don't know Jesus, that would be a great thing. If you share this with some friends who can be encouraged by it, we would appreciate it. Uh, we at Walk EMC, we're here for you. We're here to help you on your journey. And uh, we would love the opportunity to take advantage of that. So if you have questions, contact us here at the office. Uh, We would love to have conversations with you. But again, thank you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. In the meantime, we pray for you. We wish you the best, and we wish you grace and peace on your journey. 
Home, the podcast is produced by the Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting walkiemc.org and clicking on the At Home tab. Thanks for listening.